You can be forever safe, standing on the edge, watching people fly by, or you can jump. And he says, and I'm telling you, you will be banged up on the way down. It's going to be frightening. It's going to be scary. You will get hurt, but your chute will open. It will open and you will fly, but you will never get there until you jump. Gosh, that chokes me up a little bit. Has your life, your dreams been interrupted? Good news. It is possible to reinvent our lives. People are doing it every day, and some are brave enough to share the struggles, disappointments, and challenges. If you are looking for a new beginning, a do-over, or to rediscover your passion, maybe even find a new one, then grab a cup of coffee and let's talk. Interrupted, Act 2, Reinventing Your Legacy, with your host, Coach Lori. Rob Riley is with us, and I am so excited because Rob and I have a little history. We work for the same company. He has mentored me in a few different situations financially and with insurance, and so I was so glad you hopped on to tell us about your life and your reinvention. Why don't we start with where you're at now and what you love about your life? So I am the director of Trinot Life, which means that I oversee the sales and the life insurance products and our appointments with other carriers. I just help people with their money, get to help them plan and grow and preserve and protect and do all the things that they do. I have a sweet wife. We've been married 27 years. We've got five kids, of which three are not living in our home anymore. And so we're shrinking, Lori, we're shrinking. Things are good. Life is comfortable right now in some ways. In some ways, it's very challenging, but I've got a great family unit. I've got a great relationship with my sweet wife. We have a lot of activities we enjoy together. I'm in bowling league with my children. We live really close to our church. Things are good. I'm very happy. Tell me about your farm. This is so interesting because this is our goal. Lori, this is what we're working on. We've wanted this a long time, especially my wife. This has been a dream of hers since I met her. And we decided we would start the process of making a big change this year. We don't have anything yet, but we're looking. We're looking, we're shopping, we're trying to find something that pulls at our heartstrings and, and sends us away, so to speak. So we're looking for a different area and a big change of scenery, change of venue and a change of goals. We're excited, but we're in the middle of it. When you say it change, is it geographic? Will you stay in the same state? You're in Utah? Will you stay there yeah. or you're open to anything? We're open to anything, but I'll tell you what, we have honed in on Tennessee for a few reasons and it doesn't mean it has to be, but that's what we're thinking about for a few reasons. We we love that it's a red state. We love that the, that these are Christian people, God-fearing, gun-toting people over in Tennessee. The climate's great for crops. The climate's great for animals. We thought about having a couple of cows one day and some chickens and things. And we thought we don't want to go where we've got a foot or two of snow on the ground. That's no fun. And so Tennessee is kind of something where we've got our, our aim at, but we're open, Lori, we're open. It just depends on kind of where we feel like uh, we're being directed to. Started the process. Uh, we went in February and we looked. I told my wife, I would take you out there when it was at its ugliest. If you liked <laughs> Tennessee in February, you're going to love it the rest of the year. And she did. And then we went back last month, had some homes in mind, did some searching, did some looking, and it made us better, sharpened our swords a little bit as to what we really want, what matters. We didn't find anything, but we're, uh, we're not stopping. The challenge, Lori, is that we, in order to be able to be legitimate purchasers, we put our home on the market. It's sold the same day. So my home is now sold and recorded. I have one more month to be out and I don't know where I'm going. So that's the situation. We have a mutual friend who did this, reinvent, sold their home, ended up in the part of the state with a lot of snow. You know who I'm talking about? 
the ricketts mm -hmm. and oh, they yeah. have their mini farm they brought with them in their motorhome and they're digging out their goats <laughs> no <laughs> when you're thinking about farming like some people think about the land and the soil some people think about growing some people think about animals so it's like you're kind of like well we'll have some animals we'll have some if you are someone who has chickens and takes care of them you're called the chicken tender you know that right what have you guys dreamed about in this some of our first feelings come from a desire to be self-reliant a little bit more. I know we're in a weird economic and political climate right now. And so we have a, a real feeling of when we talk about prices and food and what am I going to do for my family as it pertains to this inflation and whatnot, we have more of a pull to say, hey, we want to be able to produce our own meat or our own eggs, our own milk, our own butter. What elements, I know we can't do it all, of course, but what things can we make our own and do ourselves and not have to need anybody else to get milk and eggs and butter and those sorts of things. So that's really initially, I think, where, where this has really shifted to high gear for us. But we've always loved animals. We've always wanted the space. We've always wanted to have a the porch to sit on and air to breathe and space to breathe, you know, those sorts of things. We've always wanted that. It's so interesting to me. And I love your story because often when we get to this place where we're kind of later in life, our kids are leaving, we're like wanting to downsize. People are going yes. into tiny houses and condos. And I love it that you guys have this big vision. And often in the Bible, it says without a vision, the people will perish. Part of the reason that I wanted to do this podcast is I was seeing people who were stepping into retirement and basically dying. They weren't going on to volunteer. They weren't doing any side hustles. They retired and they were done and they didn't even have the whatever to have a new vision. It's like they're just waiting to go. Yeah. 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 So I love it that you have this vision and I love it that you've built this life where you can work from home. You can work remotely from anywhere. That is so fabulous. Yeah, that's, and I have to tell you, as exciting as it's been and scary, and we've been emotional, Lori, there have been days and days and days of tears. It really has been because it's a scary thing. Working remotely is a blessing, but it, it's funny when we went out there, it's hard to mix the internet and business with land. And so we've had a little challenge going, where can we get the internet? And it's got to be strong, you know? So that's been a little bit of a challenge we're working through as well. One of the things I wanted to address is, I kind of want to go back to, it sounds like you're pivoting into a new life, but you're not like leaving a, a frustrating life. You've like lived this right. great life and then you're moving on. And I love it that you said it's scary. This morning I heard, he said, we're not trying to get rid of doubt. We're facing our doubt. And so can you talk a little bit more about the fear, the challenges? I mean, obviously you have some kids that have left the coop and some <laughs> still home. So talk to us about the challenges and those fears and how you're walking through all of that. I think faith is probably the biggest component of that. It's an unknown. My wife teases me and calls me the city slicker, which I am. That's my background. That's how I was raised in my home. And so this is a big shift. And it feels sometimes like if I close my eyes, I can envision the space and the birds chirping and waking up and milking the cow and, and doing these certain things, but I've never done it. So I don't know what that's like. I, it's not like I'm, like you had said before about the rickets. I wish I could say, we're moving our farm. We don't have a farm. We've never done it before. That's a big element of it. I'm certainly responsible for my children and care for them and would jump in front of a train for each and every one of them. And it's been scary in the sense of, Am I pulling people apart? Am I pulling my kids apart? I've got my oldest son is tw almost 26 and my youngest is 13. Am I moving away so that my siblings might not see each other for months and months and months, or if not years? 
what's it going to mean for my two youngest in their school situations? Are we going to homeschool? Are we going to, are they going to suffer needing to make new friends and leaving the friends that they love? And there's been so many unknowns. I think that's the biggest fear. I don't think I'm scared of being able to do it. I have 100% faith in my wife and her abilities, but there's such an unknown, these elements of the, our home. What's the home going to feel like? What's what's it really going to be like in July and August in Tennessee? I've been there many times before, but I've never lived there. And what's that humidity going to feel like? All of those elements have just been at times overwhelming. So what happened for us is, at least lately was, we made the, the initial steps. Here we go. My home is no longer my home. It's been frightening. We're going to rent very close to where we live in a townhome. We're downsizing, which is very hard. We're having those conversations. Keep her stay. Keep keep her chuck. Keep her throw away. And that's been more hard than I, more difficult than I thought. We're just trying to say, okay, we've got to, what do they say? Eat this elephant one bite at a time. So that's what we're trying to do. I love that. Something that occurred to me is as you're making these choices, like those are really huge. Is it, are my kids going to suffer? And we hear people who have to move, maybe they're in the military and they don't really have the choice. They yeah. have to up and move their family. Something I'm really curious about, and I've witnessed it in my own life. I've watched people walk through it. And you talked about your faith is there's this thing we want to do. Mm-hmm. Here's these barriers. Are these barriers telling us to no, it's not the right thing, or yes, even though there's barriers, we're going to go through. Can you just talk about that? That's a great point. I've always been a big believer in signs, trying to be aware of signs. Is this a, a reason to do it or not? And I have to tell you, we've had some interesting experiences. I have to tell you, Lori. So my son, my youngest son broke his arm on the first day of February. We had just booked tickets to to Tennessee and he's in a little karate class and broke his wrist. So we went and picked him up and we took him to the emergency room. And Lori, this is no joke. We go in there, they kind of take him back and some sweet little bubbly gal comes down. She's like, I'm your nurse today. I'm excited to help. Stone, what did you do to yourself? She says, my name is Tennessee. No. And and I had my cell phone in my hand because I was texting an agent in Knoxville. Lori, this is no joke. I freeze and I look over at my wife and I said, I'm sorry. What is your name again? She's like, my name is Tennessee. And I'm never on this floor. She says, I'm always upstairs. And I had to come down for, it's the first time I've, I've worked down here and I am frozen. I couldn't believe it. So it's the truth. And there's been other things that I could share, but moments where I'm going, is this a sign So for my wife and I, we have always lived our lives as though we're going to make a decision, we're going to be prayerful, we're going to listen, and the minute it feels like a square peg in a round hole, we're going to kind of navigate and maybe adjust, maybe throw an audible a little bit, and I think that's what's happened currently. I think it all was too much too soon. The house went quicker than we thought. The concept of moving to Tennessee without knowing where we're going to live renting first. It just stopped feeling comfortable. So we're going to drop anchor for a while, really close to where we are. Same kids, friends, same adult friends that we have, same tennis group, same golfing group. And we're going to shop from afar. We've got some money in the bank. We're ready to pounce when something comes. We're going to keep trucking. We're going to adjust a little bit, but we're going to be okay. Which is, again, it's another pivot. I teach people to become recovery coaches We always talk about how recovery, and really it's true of anything, is not linear. 
it's circular. But whenever I just put it out there as it's not linear, everyone's like, what do you mean? It's like, well, you don't get from A to Z. Remember back, was it Family Circle, that cartoon where the little boy, the mom would be like, go in and wash the dishes and the path is this far. And then he would show the dots where he's over a couch and a chair (laughs) and through the bathroom. It feels like that. What I love about this is I feel like in this story, there's somebody listening that's going, oh my goodness, I did the same thing. I was ready to go and then I had to stall, but the stalling felt like part of the plan, even though it feels like, wait a minute, everything's falling apart. Yeah, we've had those those thoughts and we've had those feelings of frustration and, and anger a little bit. I think I think it's been disappointing between my wife and I a little bit. You know, we have a, gratefully, we've been blessed to have a very good marriage, but I think it's sometimes we don't say the things we probably are feeling because we want to support the other one. And I know that I'm guilty of this. And I know that Tiffany is too, where I want my spouse to be happy. I want to give her the world. She wants to give me the world. And I think there's times where we probably should have opened up our mouths and said certain things. The communication in an attempt for it to be wonderful, it hasn't been. And so we've let things go a little further than maybe they should have. Why didn't you tell me? Well, I didn't know. I thought you wanted it. Well, why didn't you tell me? And so it's been a little bit of a learning curve in our own relationship too, where it's like, listen, brutal truth, and it's okay. And if you don't want to do something, it's okay that you feel that way, but you got to let me know. So I don't take us down a road we didn't want to do. We don't make a decision because I thought you had supported me in it, but you were too scared to tell me you didn't because you love me and I love you. And and all of a sudden we're, so we've had a little bit of eye-opening experience where we have to be brutally honest And if this floor plan or this location or this timing doesn't feel right, sweetheart, you're part of the team and that's okay. Let's make sure that we are holding hands on this thing and we are together every step of the way. So it's been a learning curve even in our marriage in this aspect, for sure. I always say we can be nice or we can be kind and being nice, especially when we look at the recovery world, nice is tends to be codependent where kind can be that brutally honest love where we take the risk to say, this is how I'm feeling. You may not like it. And what are we going to do? I I love that. This has been such an amazing process. What is it that you really want people to know as you're walking through this? Like one of the things I think is really important is many of us, me, I'm just going to say me, It didn't work out for me to have a big 401k or a big retirement. So I'm kind of starting. That's why I'm with Trinon. I'm building this business so that I can have not a retirement because that's not my plan, but have some security as I age. It sounds like you started early with this. So now as you're walking through this, you've got a little bit of a buffer to help you get through. What is it you would like people to know? I think what I would say, especially being in this middle of this weird, transient, unknown, that I think you have to be, despite the goal, right? Like you said earlier, I'm trying to get to Z. Z is the goal. Even if Z isn't 100% defined, I know the basics of what the goal is. More space, more self-sufficiency, on and on. You have to be flexible because it's just A to Z might be A, C, J, D, K, P, X, F, and then Z, so to speak, but be okay to be flexible and go with the flow. You have to have a directive, of course, but you might be knocked around on your way there. But if it's your focus, if it's your lighthouse, focus is that lighthouse, you'll get there. It might not be as fast. 
It might not be as dry as you wanted. You might get splashed on more than you thought. But if the goal is the lighthouse and you stay the course, eventually you'll get there. And I think we're learning, my wife and I certainly, this isn't been exactly as smooth as we thought. Hey, we find a house, you write an offer, it's accepted, everything works out perfect. Nope, nope. We are going from 5,000 square feet to about 1,600. And it's scary. It's going to be different. And here's what's crazy too, Lori. We are in the same neighborhood that I've made the joke. I'm probably going to drive up and pull up to the wrong driveway for a while. And, I, and I'm probably going to be emotional. I'm telling you, there's going to be times I'm going to sit in my driveway going, I can't believe this isn't my house anymore. I'm going to have those emotions. But it's part of it, part of the pain, part of the joy to be flexible. And I love it that you're saying it's something you're looking for. There's still pain involved. We always hear, enjoy the journey. And sometimes I feel like that sets people up for more pain because it's not always enjoyable. And even when you were just saw the look on your face when you're going, keep or save, keep or toss. Can you talk a little bit about what that was like? Because that's an emotional journey when you're looking at your life, your history. You've lived, probably lived in this house for what? 15 Mm -hmm. years we've been here. We had, our youngest was born in this very home. We've got a lot of, to say the very least, it has been gut-wrenching to start to move things and to make those adjustments. Every room has stories. As they say, the walls could talk. What a home this has been for my family. It's challenging and tricky because it's a lesson in letting go. And you're trying to figure out what do we really need and what do we not really need. And it's all about family and connection more than the old picture, more than the, the chess checkerboard set that we might use one day, the crate full of decorations for Easter that that we haven't used in five years, whatever those things might be, it's been a little challenging. And I recognize my wife, there are feelings and thoughts and needs that she has that I don't. And that's okay. That's okay. And so we're trying to assess the cost of a couple big storage units, the money savings in that regard, but potential multiple moves as we're learning This move from this house isn't just to a truck to a new home. It's now a storage unit because we're staying local for a while. So I know I have another move coming around the corner. How can we streamline? How can we really cut back to the essentials that we really need? That's been also a challenge. We're again, right in the middle of figuring out those things and what that that needs to look like. A lot of communication, a lot of space to say, honey, I think this is ridiculous, but if it's important to you, then it's okay and vice versa. And that's kind of what we're trying to go through now as we try to shrink down a third of the size of the home that we had. Comes up for me is I look at people who stay in their home until they actually go into a nursing home or right. pass, and then their kids have to make all those decisions. Something I've been just very, that's been on the top of my mind as I age is, do I want to keep this for me? Do I want to keep it for my kids? And do my kids even want it? Yeah, you're doing this ahead of time. So I feel like there's a word I want to say. It's it's like, I love that you've made this decision because you're actually, you're streamlining life now, but you're actually doing it for your family in the future. Yeah, it'll definitely affect them. I, in, in a we'll call it a past life, maybe 15 years ago, I did pre-need or final expense planning. I spent years sitting in homes of 50 and 60 year old children working on the plans for mom and dad that are getting old. We need to pick caskets and vaults cremation, burial, what are we going to do? And Laura, you nailed it. It is so interesting how often people leave things for their kids and their kids don't give a rip. Here's the old plate I got when I went to China and here's the old dress that I wore. And the kids are going, mom, I love you. 
this is garbage for me. It poses a problem for sure. What, what means the world to my mom doesn't mean anything to me, so to speak. So yeah, it's, it's challenging for sure. Is there anything else that you think of that you want to say? I'm just so blown away. I feel like this is going to help so many people because so many really key points. You have to take some risk. Whatever level that looks like, you simply have to. I listen to, it's like a six minute video on YouTube. It's Steve Harvey. He's on the set of Family Feud and it makes me emotional even thinking about it. I've listened to it numerous times, but he's talking about the cliff of life and he's talking about you can be forever safe standing on the edge, watching people fly by, or you can jump. And he says, and I'm telling you, you will be banged up on the way down. It's going to be frightening. It's going to be scary. You will get hurt, but your chute will open. Have you heard, if not now, when? If not you, then who? Are you being prompted to write a book? To create a podcast, check out Leaving a Legacy at www.coachlaurie, that's coach, L-A-U-R-I-E, dot com. And let's get started on your second act now. You can be forever safe standing on the edge, watching people fly by, or you can jump. And he says, and I'm telling you, you will be banged up on the way down. It's going to be frightening. It's going to be scary. You will get hurt, but your chute will open. It will open and you will fly, but you will never get there until you jump. Gosh, it chokes me up a little bit. And I've always thought about that since I heard it. The biggest rewards come on the other side of fear. I do believe that as much as I'm frightened to do what I'm doing, as much as I don't know, I can't tell you about our new home because I don't know where it is. I can't tell you how it's going to feel because I have no idea what it looks like. I can't tell you how my kids are going to respond, although I'm doing this for them. I don't know what that's going to be like, but I believe that the best of times can come at the other side of fear. And too many of us don't want to take the risk, whether it's business, Lori, whether it's starting a company, whether it's our health, whether it's a diet, whether it's religion, whether it's whatever that might look like. The best of things usually are on the other end of the darkest, scariest, riskiest moves. And that's what I'm living in the middle of now. And I'm, I don't have a crystal ball, but I believe I have hope. I have love. And I believe the best of things are coming once we get past the stomach ache that I feel most of the time as I'm in the middle of this. I love it. You may not have a crystal ball, but you've got some bruises. <laughs> right. That's exactly right. When I Great became team. a single mom and I had to start my own business, I had to get a job. I, I ended up going to school. I, I don't know that I would have done all those things. I think I could have rested on my laurels and blamed my kid's dad for mm -hmm. me not doing the things I knew I was called to do. We know because we work in a business that involves network marketing, people have a lot of fear around that, even though it's so legit. <laughs> People have this fear and it's so sad. When I hear you tell that story, I look at several people who have gone, yeah, no thanks. And they're going to stay in their right. dependence on social security. They're going to stay in their tiny apartment because they don't have the belief or the not willing to take the risk that there right. could be more. The best of things could be around the corner. You'll never know until you make that leap, close your eyes and Jump. Right. hundred percent. Okay. We always wrap up with what are you reading or what do you recommend? There's a few of them. I think Atomic Habits is unbelievable. There's a book that I'm just getting into just starting. It's called Essentialism, ironically enough. 
And that is about being minimalistic. That's about what is essential. It always comes back to people, not things. Essentialism. Peel the layers of the, the junk that we don't have to have. The things that we that don't make our lives better, that we think make our lives better. They don't. It's people and relationships. It's called essentialism that are really have been eye-opening. Do you have a favorite podcast? It depends. There's parts of Joe Rogan, believe it or not. I love Joe Rogan. Some of his, the, the guests that he has, there's moments it gets a little crass, but- I always hate it when people ask me that because I have this life I do here, but my, like my favorite podcasts are true crime. I was going to say that too, Lori. I was, that's the second one. I, I do like my dark thriller, crime committed, clues were found, person brought to justice. Yeah, 100%. Do you have a favorite of those? There's one that's called Missing 411. Mm. And it has to do with, it's amazing how often people go hiking, go camping and go missing and they're never found. And all of a sudden a backpack is in a weird place. Their shoes are set neatly down two miles away. They find a flashlight still on. I mean, and the person's never, ever been found. I love that mystery, crime, clues. I do love that stuff. I do too. In fact, I uh, was listening to so many that I went through and I went, okay, I can't saturate myself with this. But one mm -hmm. I really love is Small Town Dicks. Actually, I just found this out. I've listened to it for years. The host, Yardley, is actually Lisa Simpson. She's the voice of Lisa Simpson. Oh, you're kidding me. Simpsons. But she's married to a policeman. They bring other police on and they put out cases that they solved to kind of show the police aspect because of oh, all I'm going to look it up. I love it. Yeah. I'm going to look this up for sure. I love that one. I don't miss an episode. Well, Rob, thank you so much for your wisdom. And thank you for having the courage to even take a look as a city slicker of living on a farm. And then number two, thank you for being married for so long. And even at this point, being able to look at, at your wife and, and respect her wishes and go, oh, I've been holding back. I'm going to have to be a better person or I'm going to have to be more honest. Man, I think that's really hard. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, it's, I think our tendencies are to be certainly selfish. So you constantly have to push through selfishness. I think that's the leading cause of divorce at the end of the day, whether it's financial, emotional, sexual, whatever the reasons are, it's selfishness. Yeah, I think you constantly have to push through that and say, stop, what's in this for me? Honey, what's in this for you? Tell me what's in this for you. I love it. And I love watching your Facebook posts. I love the picture of you with your kids. You just Thanks post you. such fun things. So your email address is? It's my name. It's Rob at trenotlife.com. So it's R-O-B at T-R-A-N-O-N-T-L-I-F-E. Trenotlife.com. Tell me what Trenot stands for. It's a French soldier, I believe a French warrior from centuries ago called a Trenant, I guess. And that's where it all came from. And of course it plays well into hard work and helping and supporting and changing people's lives. Awesome. Thank you so much. You bet. Thanks for having me, Lori. Coach Lori here. I am not anti-aging. I am all about aging gracefully. Did you know we stopped making collagen at a certain age? And did you know powdered collagen has to go through your whole digestive system? So I am a big fan of Glow Liquid Collagen. It helps me age gracefully, inside and out. To order, check the link below. By the way, if you order two at the same time, free shipping. Or if you would like to be an affiliate, make a little extra cash, click the affiliate link. 
Three things we learned from our friend Rob. You can stand on the cliff and watch your life go by and watch other people jump or you can jump and know the parachute will open. Sometimes we make a plan and we do the thing and then we have to throw out anchor and do a little bit of a stall. But that doesn't necessarily mean the plan was wrong. It just might mean a little bit of a pivot. Being brutally honest is not only kind, but it's very loving. If you love this podcast, here's a big ask. Will you share with your friends and family? Subscribe, give us a review, and a five-star rating so that others looking to reinvent their lives will be able to get the help they're looking for. Thank you in advance.